everyone, it's Leanne from the Alberta Motorcycle Safety Society and welcome to Think Bike, a podcast about all things motorcycle and the voice of motorcycle safety and awareness in Alberta. We will talk about everything from tips and myths on gear, maintenance, techniques, education, and so much more with our very informed guests. So thank you for joining us today. On today's episode, we are going to be talking about take it to the track, specifically road racing with the EMRA, which is the Edmonton Motorcycle Road Racing Association, for people who don't know the acronym. And our, our, our guests today are President of the EMRA, John Bully, and our Vice President of the EMRA, Brian Wardstall. Welcome to the show, boys. Thank you. Thanks, Leanne. So let's kind of get into this really quickly. Um, I'm going to go to John first. We have kind of had this partnership since I started AMSS between EMRA and AMSS, and it's mostly focused on taking it to the track for safety reasons. What does this partnership between us mean to you as the president of your nonprofit organization? Um, I mean, I think one of the biggest things is the uh, safety initiatives that the AMSS does is something um, that the EMRA tries to bring to, to motorcycle riders. You know, and I think the the awesome work you guys have done getting the word out on making riding safe uh, is is great. And then it also kind of, you know, trickles to the EMRA. That's something we do with the, you know, the sport bike crowd. Yeah. And but I mean, you have track days where anybody could come out and bring their bike and it doesn't need to be race ready. Correct, John? Yeah, totally. Um, you know, all skill levels of riders, people that have been, you know, I've seen people that had their license for, you know, less than a year come out to the track. I've seen guys where they're having, you know, over 10 years experience, they come out to the track and, you know, it's the same thing every single time. It's a big eye opener for uh, everyone. It definitely teaches you to hone your skills and really give you that space to learn apexes and corners or how your bike handles and the lean and things like that. Brian, track days. What kind of experience do you need to get into trying a track day? And the EMRA, as well as a new company, Motorheads, offers track days to regular people. Talk to me about that. Yes, that's correct. So... You don't really need any experience. That's a common misconception amongst uh, some riders that they have to have got some experience from who knows where uh, to get out on track. But um, Motorhead's Track Attacks is a company that we started and it's geared towards the street rider who wants to get their feet wet, who wants to experience riding on a racetrack and take that off the street. Um, everyone loves riding motorcycles fast. You know, that's the thrill of them. And they're, these new machines are very powerful and very capable. And, you know, the, the public roads are not the place for it. So we encourage people to come out with motorheads. Uh, they pay a fee. They got to have the right uh, gear. And, and then we've got novice groups and intermediate groups. And it's all broken up by skill level. So really, anybody with any experience can come out there and spend a day on track with us, and you would not believe the uh, the rewarding sensations that you get after a day on track, and and the community that you meet, and it's just I can't say enough about it. What is the cost for a typical track day, Brian? So, Motorheads Track Attacks operates at two different racetracks right now: Castrol Raceway near the airport uh, south of Edmonton, 
and Stratotech Park, which is just outside of Fort Saskatchewan. And a full track day at Stratotech Park is $200. Uh, full track day at Castrol Raceway is $225. And all of that information is on our website. Perfect. And on the is EMRA and Motorheads connected on your websites or is it two separate links? Because we can add links onto our website so they're all there as well. Right. Um, so Motorheads website is www.motorheadsta.com. And the EMRA's website is www.emra.ca. Um, EMRA is a road racing organization and Motorheads is a track day organization. And the way I like to look at it is most racers got their feet wet by starting to do track days and, and then they fell in love with it. They got hooked and then they started to, they had that urge to compete um, at a more like serious level. And, and that's sort of like the, the natural progression is guys will start with track days with motorheads and then they work their way up and then they start racing with the MRA. And so the two organizations like to cooperate and work along pretty well together. Oh, we're partners everywhere across the board. John, I'm going to come back to you on like requirements for like even track days or getting into racing with gear. Like, do you need the full gear for a track day? Yeah, you do need full gear. What uh, track days require is a boot that's going to cover your ankle, a gauntlet style glove that's going to cover your wrist. And then obviously a uh, riding pants and jacket. And we also ask that those pants and jackets, they be able to be attached together, like with a zipper. A lot of, you know, a lot of people probably haven't looked at their coat and seen the zipper in the back and realized, oh, that's, uh, that's not a fanny pack. That's, uh, that's so my pants can zip to my jacket. That's what that's there for. Um, so we, you know, we ask that you have that. Um, and then obviously a dot, uh, full face helmet is what we ask for track days. Uh, racing's a little bit different. Things get a little more serious with the racing. We ask for like a, a motorcycle racing specific hard shell back protector. Um, and then we also ask that, you know, all the suits are a full leather suit, no textile or anything like that. Um, and then we've also got a couple other little small safety items. And one of them is what we work with, the uh, AMSS, the medical data carrier that you put on your helmets. We require that um, for riders. And then we also have slightly stricter helmet requirements. Uh, helmet can't be older than five years and it must be, we have a list of standards off the top of my head. Snell 2015, uh, ECE 22.05, uh, for example. Yeah, those are, I think those are pretty standard across the racing world, regardless of what kind of racing you're doing, because those are actually all very similar to what we require to race at the Bonneville Salt Flats as well, like right down to helmet requirements and the zip together or full suit boots, jack or boots, gloves, all that stuff. When it comes to your motorcycle, though, correct me if I'm wrong, track day is doesn't require race ready bike but racing requires an actual race ready bike with all the safety wire and everything john can you kind of explain that yeah that's exactly right for track days you know we we touched on earlier how we try to get just even you know uh, beginner riders out there we try and make it easier for them uh so our requirements are you know very basic you know you need good tires 
you know, we don't want tires that have zero tread down the middle, and but the sides are good, and those are the only parts I'm going to use on the track. No, no, that doesn't, uh, that still doesn't work. Um, you know, things like your brake pads, uh, you got to take a look at those things and just make sure that your bike uh, that you're taking on track is in very good mechanical shape. And then obviously when we get into race bikes and stuff, I find, you know, it's kind of gone a little, it's gone a, away um, a little bit. I think just with the hard work uh, the EMRA has done, uh, race bikes aren't piles of written off, strapped together machines anymore. I know a lot of the guys, I mean, I, I know my race bike has a lot more fancy bits on it than my uh, street bike. And then we also have uh, more requirements for safety when you're racing, such as a lever guard. Uh, we call them shark fins. They go on the subframe, or sorry, not the subframe, the swing arm, uh, and they bolt on the bottom there, just to list a couple uh, examples that we require for racing. Uh, Brian, is there anything that John missed on that comparison between actual track and racing that you can think of to add in there or your opinion on the difference between the two? Um, I mean, there's a couple other details that John really wanted to get into it. He would mention that there's some safety wiring that that's required for racing. Um, there's certain bolts on a bike that are critical, uh, you know, uh, holding your windscreen together, maybe not so much, but you know, the drain plug on your oil pan or the bolts that hold your brakes in place, you know, they're much more critical and everything on, on a motorcycle will vibrate itself loose if you let it. So some of those bolts need to be safety wired. So you actually drill a hole through the head of the bolt and attach some metal safety wire, twist it tight and tie it to a, to a stationary part of the bike that won't. So it, it basically just prevents any of these bol critical bolts from backing out. Um, there's other things, there's engine case guards like case protectors and they're just to prevent you know, the engine cases from breaking open and spilling oil on the track. If somebody does have a wreck, um, you know, you safety wire other things like the rad, the radiator cap. Um, yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's a couple other specifics to get into, but usually uh, because track days is that stepping stone, people start with track days, they get familiar with it. And it's such a great community of helpful people that it, it's not actually as difficult as people think. You know, if you, if you are a new racer and you've done a couple track days and you want to get into racing, aside from taking the actual EMRA race school where you teach, where we teach you all of those details, you could pretty much ask any racer, Hey, can you help me make sure that my bike is techable and meets all the safety requirements? And they'll go over the few details with you. And it's actually not too bad. It, it's a deterrent for some people. Um, but, uh, once they actually do it, they realize how easy it was. Well, and I think that's another thing that people have this great misconception of is until you spend time at the track, you don't really fully understand how family it really is. And nobody wants to go out there and beat somebody because their, their bike wasn't fully ready or prepared. You want to be at your best and beat the best. So you guys really do all pull together and help each other out. I've seen that firsthand. You know, it's, it's a great environment. And maybe if you're not feeling really comfortable about getting on, even on a track day, go watch and see what that camaraderie is like, because you can walk around the pits out there. Can you not? Oh yeah. 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 And actually on that, on that note of like, uh, you know, uh, community and, and, fellowship in the pits. Uh, I mean, I can tell you many, many stories of stories. I've had an incident, an incident where I crashed, 
you have the the rule is you have to go see the ambulance they check you out they make sure you're okay to go and then they they release you and then you can go back out in the next race or the restart i had a crash where i got back to my pits and and some of my stiffest competition were actually fixing my bike and zip tying things together some loose pieces that you know just so that my bike was good to race in the next race even though you know i could go out there and beat them and, and take away their chance at a championship and in the same in the same sort of example you know, John actually came to me one time because he had a wheel that was broken. And even though we were stiff competition, that's not how I wanted to beat him. Right. So, I mean, it's a really, really good community. And I lent him one of the wheels. I lent him one of my spare wheels that allowed him to go back out in the next race and, and beat me. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not about beating somebody in the pits. It's not about beating somebody, you know, it's like the rule book. It's, it's a really, really good community. And, and, everyone shares the same passion for, for racing and for, and for motorcycles. Absolutely. And, and John, you and I were supposed to do uh, a take it to the track segment on Alberta primetime a few years ago, but you ended up having a wreck stateside before that. So we had to substitute. You've obviously, you know, with Brian's story there about you guys help each other out and stuff like that, but that's not the direction I want to take with this question. It's more of, crashing in an enclosed race track versus crashing on the street like which is better <laughs> you know if you're if you're gonna go down where would you want to go down while you're pushing your skills oh i mean definitely on the track you know the it's it's a place that's built to do exactly what we're doing you know it was engineered literally from the ground up to be a place and ride your motorcycle fast. You know, you take a look at the streets and, you know, living in Edmonton, no one's taking care of the streets that well. There's potholes, there's sand, um, you know, there's all kinds of other traffic out there on the track, on the, on, on, on the track, on the roads. Um, and you just don't have that on the track. On the track, you know, we go over, I mean, me and Brian were out there last night walking the track, making sure there was absolutely nothing on it, making sure that it was going to be totally clean and safe for uh, all the riders that are out on track today. So it's it's night and day different. Um, just in terms of crashing too, you know, uh, it's uh, on the racetrack, you know, it's still an inherently dangerous thing riding a motorcycle, but most of the time you basically pick yourself up out of the out of the gravel or the dirt dust yourself off and then go cry over the paint you scratched on your bike um you know on the street i've i've ridden on the street long enough to see uh, all sorts of terrible things out there um you know sadly you hear it all the time in the news too um and a lot of the times it's just whatever happened that person didn't have a chance you know and it just doesn't you know it's it just really breaks your heart because every time I hear something like that, it's like, you know, I wish there was some way that person could have been somehow made it in their mind they were going to go to the track and choose not to ride, you know, that day, and you know, it would they would have had a lot more fun and been a lot safer on the track. Yeah, it's the track is a great place to be, um, for lack of a better term, irresponsible, um, <laughs> or to like learn learn your bike and push push those skills through and. You know, and that's not to say that, um, like, I, I don't want to mislead anybody. 99% of the time, people, like, there's a collective gasp in the stands when someone goes down, and we all wait patiently, and they get up, and somebody goes and gets their bike, and, you know, that individual goes to the ambulance, they go through all the protocols. 
and we won't get into the stories behind it, but that 1% of the time we have had fatal incidences at, at the track, but that goes right up to MotoGP level. And it is, it is part of the game and it's part of the risk getting into racing. But again, that's why you have levels that you progress through training track days. There is also kind of, um, can you guys talk about like there, I know on track performance is one like a uh, person J- or Justin who works with racers to help them improve. Brian, can and, you maybe and, speak to that? Yeah. Racers and regular street uh, riders with very little experience. I mean, I've, when I was uh, for years, I was an on-track performance riding school instructor with Justin Napick and we had people from, um, you know, 18 year olds who just got their motorcycle license and have been on a bike for a month to 60 year olds who, you know, have been riding for 40 years and, you know, just want to learn a bit of a a new skill, learn a bit like better techniques, um, you know, in case they ever have one of those incidents where it's like an evasive maneuver, they want to be confident and have that, have picked up that extra skill. Um, So Justin and OTP, they work with, a wide range of people um, and racers as well. And it's really about educating them, teaching them proper techniques like braking techniques, throttle application, you know, um, cornering and, and your body position on a motorcycle, where to, where to look when you're riding. Cause that's very important. Um, they go through everything from top to bottom. And there's, there's, there's a lot of good things that I can say about uh, on-track performance. And, and, you know, that's another thing that, you know, probably saved my life because getting to the track and learning that stuff out here and then pushing the limits in a closed course where everything is safe. Um, it took that desire for me to ride a little bit irresponsibly, uh, and reckless on the street. You know, we think about that guy who was in the news just last week, you know, like John said, I I just, I wish that person maybe got to do a track day and maybe they would have got their fix on the track. Yeah, and that's kind of why we really push the take it to the track option because it is there. We have two tracks, luckily, um, just in the Edmonton area, and there's others that may come to fruition in Alberta. The time will tell if that actually does it does come to light. But you know, it's accessible from anybody anywhere. People from BC come out here to race. You know, people from Saskatchewan, people all over Alberta. I know there's a lot of Calgary riders who come up on the weekends for the race schedules and stuff like that. It's great. Is OTP really the only kind of outside of like, or that who offers that kind of training that you guys can think of? So a couple of the things that we do just for every track day, uh, is our first novice session. So if it's your first time on the track, your first two sessions on the track are going to be paced by an instructor. So it's going to show, you're going to have someone, you know, uh, lead you around the track at a very controlled rate and show you around, you know, left, right, that sort of thing. And then they're also there all day long to answer any of the questions that uh, new riders might have. Like, I feel like my tires are doing this is a lot of the questions we get um, just because people are realizing like I am carrying, I'm using a lot more of that tire than I ever have before. Um, And then we also have, if you're looking for even more instruction, there's the EMRA race school that we put on once a year. I believe it's July 17th this year. And again, we're working with uh, on-track performance there for that day. That school is a little more focused towards uh, 
teaching people the what's required to get a race license. There is definitely a performance riding aspect of it. We spend an entire day on the track and it'll be you and your instructor, uh, maybe one other rider, nearly one-on-one -on -one riding instruction for an entire day. And then we have a half day session in the classroom going over, you know, things like the rule book, um, waivers, things you're gonna wanna know to do actual racing. Perfect. My last question that I'll throw to both of you, and I'll start with you, Brian. What is your driving passion behind riding and racing? My driving passion behind riding and racing. Um, you know what? I am a competitive person by nature. I, I love the spirit of competition out here. I love that your best friends can also be your stiffest competition and like your, your mortal enemy on track, but you know, your family in the pits and you know, it, it has given me a purpose. Um, it has given me something to, you know, take ownership and responsibility for. I like being a part of the, the team that leads the EMRA and, and like the executive team that manages all these events and puts them together and, you know, and, uh, I like, I like that we're able to give the community this good outlet and, and, you know, hopefully there's a lot of people out there that, you know, we've, you know, we've turned their life around or we've, uh, you know, we've kept them safe and given them a hobby. You know, I think it's important. People need hobbies, especially like, geez, COVID and whatnot, right? Like everyone could have used a little bit more things to do. And so we're all pretty excited to be back at the track. Awesome. So, John, I know you have a sweet little street bike, and I'm not going to ask you which one's your favorite because I know your track riding is probably your bigger passion. But what is your driving passion behind riding, whether it's street or track? Uh, you know, like Brian touched on there, I love the community. I love getting out to just meet new people and uh, have a good time just riding on the street, for example, nice and chill. You meet all kinds of interesting people in the motorcycle community out there. Um, and then on the track, like I, I started coming out to the track just as a corner worker, as a volunteer, and I saw it and fell in love. Like, I want to be able to do that. I want to be able to ride like these guys are riding. So I got into, into racing, you know, I uh, took my race school, and uh, just ever since day one, I just wanted to surround myself with the best riders I could and constantly become a better rider. And I think to this day, um, just the, the drive to just become better myself as a better rider is uh, what, what keeps me going for the most part. Love it. And you two are at the top of your game every year. And I cannot wait to... Uh, uh, be at the track a little bit more just to like watch and and I have I have no desire unless it's at my own pace to be out there but I love watching you guys when you're out there uh, next week's episode we're actually uh, talking to the ladies of the MRA so that that whole thing I, I would have gotten into it with you guys but the ladies will have it covered of what it's like to be a woman in that environment with uh, Trisha and Grace so Looking forward to that one next week as well. Uh, Brian, John, thank you so much for your time today. I, as always, I appreciate our partnership and everything that we do to try and keep that uh, message of safety out there. So thank you again for joining us. Thank Thanks you for having us. us.
To make sure that you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes or to listen to previous ones, make sure you subscribe, sorry, make sure you follow us wherever you get your podcast, Ear Candy. If there is a topic that you would like us to cover or a guest that you think would be great on our show, let us know. How? Well, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, where you'll also get more information on motorcycle safety and awareness, or reach out to us through our website at ab-amss.org. Always remember to ride smart, ride safe, ride smart, ride safe, and think bike. See you on the road. 